All right. Today, uh, we're going to take a look at one of my favorite stories. Um, it's in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, it's the story of Bartimaeus. And uh, most preachers have one passage that they love to preach more than any other. I, I had a, uh, one of my bosses, one of my pastors, when I was in seminary, uh, it was Dr. Bob Osmond. He was the pastor of First Methodist Atlanta. I uh, worked for him for a couple of years, and he loved the prodigal son. He, he probably preached the prodigal son every other Sunday. And uh, apparently there were a lot of prodigals in Atlanta, and, and it just needed, needed to be preached over and over. But uh, he, was, he was really good at preaching the prodigal son as well. But, but Bartimaeus is, is one of my favorite stories, and, and it may be one of the ones that I have preached uh, more than others. So we're going to read from Mark chapter 10 in a minute, uh, but to kind of set, set this up, uh, Jesus and his disciples are, are leaving Jericho. Now, the common practice of the Jews in Jesus' day is if they were going to travel to Jerusalem, uh, the shortest route would have been to go right through Samaria, but they, they couldn't do that. They, they wouldn't do that. Samaria, they, they didn't like Samaria, Samaria. They didn't like Samaritans. And so they would go around Samaria uh, detour around Samaria to get to Jerusalem. And that put them crossing the Jordan at Jericho. And so uh, that made Jericho a prime spot for beggars uh, for a couple of reasons. Number, number one is just massive amounts of people were going on that road, the road out of Jericho towards Jerusalem. There were just large numbers of people uh, making their pilgrimage towards Jerusalem. The second thing that made it a great spot, a tr strategic spot for beggars, is that they're on a spiritual pilgrimage. And that's the perfect time to hit somebody up, right? I mean, if you're on your way to Jerusalem on a spiritual pilgrimage and you encounter a beggar, you're more likely to give. Because in your mind, you probably think that's going to increase your chances later on of getting from the Lord what you want. And so you give. And that, they knew that. They were taking advantage of the situation. And the, the third thing I would throw in is that it was a legitimate thing that one of the most holy things you could do was to give to the poor. Uh, it was something that God has instructed us from the beginning of time uh, to be intentional about, taking care of the poor, taking care of those who are less fortunate around us. Jesus was very intentional uh, in that regard. And so Bartimaeus, uh, that, that sets you up. Bartimaeus is one of those guys. He is one of those beggars on the road out of Jericho uh, towards Jerusalem. So we'll pick up the story. Chapter 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. 
the blind man said, said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, that you would speak to us today. Uh, we, we love your word. We know that your word is true. And we pray that you would speak to us today uh, from your word, that you would open our hearts to the things that you want uh, to speak into us, things that you want us to see. Uh, help us, Lord, not to miss the things that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so Jesus and his disciples, they're leaving Jericho. They're headed towards Jerusalem. And, and Bartimaeus hears uh, that Jesus is coming. Now, uh, obviously, he's heard about Jesus. Uh, he has an idea based on things that he's heard from other people. He has an idea of who Jesus is. Uh, the rumors are flying. People are beginning to believe. Many have believed because of the miracles and because of the teachings, the things that they've seen and heard. Uh, they believe that Jesus could be the Messiah. And, and so Bartimaeus obviously has heard this based on the way that he addresses Jesus. When he calls out to him, he, he addresses him as Jesus, son of David, which is a, a title reserved uh, for the Messiah. So, so Bartimaeus believes that this could be the one, and he cries out to him uh, for mercy. Now, we need to understand that this was not just a casual cry. Now, I'm not going to yell at you, um, but I want you to understand that when Bartimaeus says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he didn't say it like I just said it. It wasn't like, you know, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It wasn't a casual thing. It, it was a desperate cry. It's a desperate cry for a couple of reasons. Number one is there's a lot of activity. He wants to make sure that he gets the attention of Jesus. But, but number two, and we need, to, we need to grasp this and understand this, is that in the mind of Bartimaeus, this could be the last chance he ever gets to have an encounter with Jesus. And the truth is, Jesus would never travel through Jericho again. Never, never did. He leaves Jericho, he goes to Jerusalem, and he dies. And he never travels through Jericho again. We live uh, in a place of abundance. We do. We live in a place of abundance, and one of the things that is most abundant in our country and in our region is opportunity. We even are called the land of opportunity. And when it comes to hearing the gospel or having opportunities to hear the gospel preached, there may not be another place in all of the world where there are more opportunities to hear the gospel than in this country, and in, and in particular, in the South. The gospel is everywhere. And what this can do sometimes is cause us to take the message for granted. We have a tendency, I'm afraid, uh, in the American church to, to gather. We experience the presence of God. We hear the voice of God. We know that God is calling us to something. But we also, in the back of our minds, believe, well, 
he'll show up next week. Next Sunday, same thing will happen. The next time I, I go here or there, the, the same thing will happen. I'll, I'll have another chance. I'll have another opportunity. And we, we live in this mindset of there will always be another time. Maybe even there will always be a better time, a more opportune time. Bartimaeus believed this was his only time. And the truth is, the Bible does not promise you tomorrow. The Bible actually says that today is the day of salvation. So Bartimaeus, the first thing that he does is that he cries out. He cries out in desperation because there's an urgency to his need. He believes that if Jesus travels on through Jericho and on to Jerusalem and he never sees Jesus again, he will never see. He will be blind forever. Second thing that he does is he pushes through. He pushes through opposition. Now, when he cries out, he is immediately opposed. Immediately opposed. If I had yelled a minute ago, if I just yelled out at the top of my lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, some of you would have been annoyed. And you would have fit the story perfectly because the people were annoyed. They, they were annoyed when Bartimaeus cried out. They were annoyed. And they turned and they said, be quiet. And, and some of them were fellow beggars. Some of them were travelers. Some of them were probably residents of Jericho. But all of them had this in common. They, they wanted Bartimaeus to be quiet. And, and he wouldn't be quiet. Now, keep in mind that he depends on these people. They're not just random people to him. They are his livelihood. When Bartimaeus begs every day, he's depending on these people to give him money. And if they give him money, he eats. And if they don't give him money, he doesn't eat. And they are the people that are saying to him, be quiet. Be quiet. And he has to make a decision right then. Who do I need more? Who do I need more? The people that I've depended on my whole life or this Jesus who's passing through whom I may never see again. And he makes the decision that he needs Jesus more than he needs them. And so he persists. And the Bible says he doesn't just continue to cry out. He cries out even louder, even louder. The third thing, is that, third thing that he does is, is he lets go. He lets go. Uh, not only did he need the people, he needed the spot. Last week, Michael talked about the spot. Remember? He even made us say the spot. I'm not going to do that. But just remember, there was a spot last week. Well, guess what? There's a spot this week. It seems like there's always a spot. Jesus brings you to a point. He brings you to a spot, and, and there was a spot that Bartimaeus owned. He camped out there. It was his place, and he also had a cloak. It was his cloak, and he needed that cloak. It was probably the only thing he owned. Other than the clothes on his back, probably the only thing he owned was that, that cloak. And guess what he does? He lets go of his cloak, 
and he lets go of his spot. There's an interesting thing in verse 50, it says that when Jesus calls Bartimaeus, he throws his cloak aside. So here's the story. He cries out with a loud voice. Jesus stops. People are telling him to be quiet. He continues to yell out. Jesus says, bring him to me. And the people say, oh, whatever. Okay, hey, he's calling you. And he throws his cloak away. Why, why is that unusual or why is that significant? Because he's blind. How's he going to find it? He just threw it away. He just threw it aside. That is not what a blind person would do with their one and only possession. You would fold it up neatly. You would place it in front of you where you knew exactly where it was, and then you would count the steps as you moved away from it so you could retrieve it after you talked with Jesus. Unless, unless you believed that after talking with Jesus, you would have no trouble finding it, or after talking with Jesus, you actually wouldn't need it. And so he threw it away. He threw it aside. Now, this is his spot also, his prime spot. He could have folded his cloak up and left it on that spot and marked that spot as his unless he believed after encountering Jesus, he wouldn't need that spot. In fact, he wouldn't even stay in that region. He would go wherever Jesus went. He says an interesting thing. Jesus asks him a pretty obvious question, you would think. Jesus says, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? And I'm sure there were people in the crowd who were like, Jesus, he's blind. (laughs) He says, what do you want me to do for you? And I, I believe Bartimaeus gives the answer that every one of us needs to give. He, he says to Jesus, I almost said he looked at Jesus. He, he, he says to Jesus, um, I want to see. I want to see. Uh, I think it was maybe two years ago, uh, Kurt and Ava had just come back uh, to the States, and, and I think it was the first time that Kurt preached uh, during the, the two-year period that they were here. And he preached a message on how the enemy blinds our eyes. The deceiver blinds our eyes. And, and he said that, you know, when we encounter people who are unbelievers, uh, that we, we shouldn't oppose them. We should pray instead that the enemy's grip on them would be broken and that their eyes would be open. We shouldn't hate people or be against people who are unbelievers. We should pray for their eyes to be open so they can see. Because in reality, what every one of us needs is to be able to see. We need a revelation 
of Jesus. Because I promise you, once you've seen Jesus, you, you won't want to be anywhere except where he is. And we see this with Bartimaeus. It's interesting, if you look through the story, the gospel stories, not everyone who's healed follows Jesus. You know, he healed 10 lepers one time, and only one came back to even to say thank you. But for Bartimaeus, he sees Jesus, and he is so fascinated with what he saw. Could be the first thing he ever saw was Jesus. And he just wants to be where Jesus is. And so he follows Jesus. And the question would be, what do you need more than you need Jesus? Jesus, Bartimaeus had a cloak and a spot. And he decided that he needed Jesus more than either of those. And so he let him go so he could have Jesus. Are there things in your life that are stealing from you, things that you are giving attention to, things that you're afraid of letting go of, things that you feel like you can't, can't release, things that you can't toss to the side, things that you need, maybe things that you need more than you need him. When you really see, all you really want is to follow him. Now, that's the story. Bartimaeus cries out. Jesus stops. Jesus calls him to himself. Jesus heals Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus follows Jesus. Uh, I, I want to mention to you, uh, as we uh, get ready to move towards ministry time, I want to mention to you three things uh, that I believe we should take away uh, from this story and, and own. Uh, number one is passivity doesn't start. Passivity keeps us from starting. If Bartimaeus had been passive, his posture would have been, boy, I'm blind. Jesus heals blind people. Jesus is in Jericho. I live in Jericho. Wouldn't it be great if he found me? Wouldn't it be great if he just happened to walk right up to me and give me what I need? And I hope that happens. If Bartimaeus had been passive, that would have been his posture. I'm just going to hope. I'm going to hope for the best. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to hope. Passivity keeps us from starting. And, and there are a lot of us. There are a lot of us who God has spoken things to you. God has, has called you to, to this or that, or he's encouraged you to do this thing or that thing. And, and passivity has kept you from starting. Passivity has kept you in that spot, in the same spot, your spot. And you hope that someday maybe you'll break out of that spot. But passivity keeps you from starting. 
Second thing I would say is that timidity will keep you from continuing. Bartimaeus is not passive. He cries out, and immediately he is met with opposition. Timidity, when faced with opposition, quits. And there are many of us who have started. We weren't passive. We took action. We started. But immediately, we hit resistance. And resistance has caused us to stop. It's caused us to quit. You know, the conversation goes something like this. I really believe that God is telling me this. Oh, no. God's not telling you that. Oh, you're right. It's so easy to stop. It's too easy to stop. But, but the Bible says, in fact, Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, that God has not given you a spirit of timidity. So if you feel timid, if you feel like the, the nature of your life has been, God calls me to something, I take a step in that direction, when opposition comes, I just shut down. Well, guess what? That is not from God. Because God has not given you a spirit of timidity. And Paul says to Timothy, remember the gift of God that was placed in you when we laid hands on you and we prayed for you. Fan that flame. Fan that flame. Stop fanning the flame of timidity and fan the flame of power that God has put within you. So, uh, passivity doesn't start, timidity doesn't continue, and fear doesn't finish. Fear doesn't finish. If you are afraid of people, and, and every one of us have to cross that bridge, uh, you start something, you weren't passive, you started. Opposition came, you pushed through it, you weren't timid, and now... You're coming down the home stretch, and people, not your enemies, but your friends. Your friends are basically drawing a line and saying, We're over here. Are you going to stay over there? That's what happened. That's what happened with Bartimaeus. The people that had provided for him for years, the people that had thrown coins onto his cloak day after day were saying to him, we're over here. You're going to stay over there? Or you're going to come over here where you, where you belong? If we live, if we allow the fear of man or the fear of failure to control us, we will quit before we finish. So, passivity doesn't start, timidity doesn't continue, and fear doesn't finish. Some of you need to start today. There's something that God has been pressing on you to start, and you haven't started. Some of you need to continue because you've hit opposition, you've hit a wall, and God is saying, just press in, don't quit. And some of you 
need to finish because the crowd around you has grown and you're feeling the pressure and the fear of man, fear of loss, fear of failure even is keeping you from finishing and God wants you to finish. Now, I'm going to invite our prayer teams to come and we're going to get in we're going to get ready to, to enter into a time of, of ministry. And, and I, want to, I want to start our time of ministry with this, with this word. If you're thinking about lunch, I want you to stop thinking about lunch for a minute. And I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Because it may be, these may be the most important words you've ever heard. And it will definitely be the most important words you've heard today. So tune your ears on what I'm about to say and hear this. This could be the last time you ever hear the message of Jesus. You don't know. I don't know. We don't know. This could be your last chance. Bartimaeus didn't know it. He didn't know it was his last chance, but he believed it could be, and he acted on it. He didn't know if Jesus would ever come his way again, and the truth is you, you don't know. Jesus is here. He's in this place, and he came here for you. He knew you would be here. He came here for you, and he wants you. You, you have no guarantee that there will ever be another chance. This could be it for you. And so as we move into ministry time, I want you to, to, to know that. I want you to understand that. Because that is the choice that you're making. You're not just choosing between now and a better time. You could possibly be choosing between now and no time. Now let's pray. Lord, we believe that you have something for us. We believe that life is found in no, no other person, no other place. You said it. I am the way, the life, and the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so I pray, God, if there are people in this room today who have never said yes to you, that they would know that this, this is their day. If there are people in this room who have said yes but drifted away, this is their day to come home. If there are people in this house today who are not where they want to be, this is, this is your day. This is your day to fully surrender and ask God for more. Wherever you are on the spectrum, do not believe the lie of the enemy that there will be endless chances, endless opportunities. Today is the day. In Jesus' name, amen.